thank you very much for receiving us. My name is Silvia, and I am the co-owner of Mezcaloteca. Mezcaloteca is this tasting room in Oaxaca City that was opened in 2010, where nobody knew much about mezcales, uh, but were interested in mezcales, no? But nobody knew a lot of diversity of agaves, uh, different process of production, regions. Uh, so Mezcaloteca was created uh, with the intention of educating consumers so we can preserve the category of traditional mezcales, especially now that we are in the boom of mezcal, no? Uh, so the brand Mezcalosfera is the collection of Mezcaloteca for exporting traditional mezcales into other countries and take that knowledge outside of Mexico. Uh, Mezcaloteca, Biblioteca is library in Spanish, so Mezcaloteca is a huge library of traditional mezcales from Oaxaca, different regions, but also from other states. So today we're going to try three different expressions of Mezcalosfera, um, only traditional mezcal, and traditional mezcal is about white mezcales, minimum of alcohol, 45%, uh, always mature agave cooked in an earth oven, uh, they're always small batches, and by small batch, I mean 20 litros up to 800 litros at the most, and every production is gonna be unique and irrepetable in flavors and aromas. So these mezcales are all handmade, no chemics in the process, and they have historical taste. That means that these productions are consumed by the maestro mezcalero, their families, and their community. So in terms of complexity, I would like you to start with a tobasiche. Tobasiche is an agave. It's a varietal that belongs to agave karwinski. Agave karwinski is endemic to Oaxaca. That means it only exists in Oaxaca. And it's an agave that is taking from 20 to 27 years to mature before you can use it to make mezcal. Oh, wow. So it has a complex terroir. Uh, it's a 50.7% of alcohol made by the Maestro Mezcalero Felipe de Jesus. He's a young Maestro Mezcalero, he's 29 years old, but he learned how to produce mezcal helping his father when he was a kid. So this is from the region of Miahuatlán, Oaxaca, the steel and copper steel, two distillations, and it's a production of 100 litros only, that's all it is, and it's been aging in glass, so it's an aged mezcal in glass, and it was made in 2021. So my recommendation for your tasting is, first, we wanna do the quality test in skin that is gonna tell us that the agave was cooked in an earth oven and that you have enough alcohol to conserve flavors and aromas. So the first test would be putting your finger inside the mezcal and then rubbing the mezcal in your hand until it dries. And when it dries, just smell. And what do you feel in the nose when you smell this? I get a lot of, uh, I get a lot of chocolate. Nice. Yeah. Yeah, a lot nice. Of chocolate. yeah, so most of the times what's happening here is that you're smelling uh, the cooked agave in the earth oven. So it's gonna be kind of like woody, smoky, sometimes herbal, some, sometimes it can be chocolatey, 
No. Remember that we all have trained our palates in different ways. So we're going to agree in many things, but we're also going to disagree in many. So whenever you drink a mezcal and you do this test, and it's very aromatic, aromatic like a perfume, it means it has a good process, enough alcohol, and the agave was cooked in an earth oven. So then take the copita to your nose, smell the mezcal, do this with your mouth open and closed, because sometimes that can, the perception can change, and then just put in words what you're smelling. Okay. Just a little bit of that, and a, a lot of uh, like vegetal. Vegetal. Yeah. Okay. Perfect. And for the tasting part, since these mezcales are high in alcohol, what we want to do is mitigate the alcohol volume so we can get into the flavors of the production. The best way to do that is taking a sip. washing your mouth, five seconds, and then swallowing it. The washing can be strong and alcoholic, that is normal. Those are not the flavors of the mezcal. Um, you have to wait until the passes, no? And then give a second sip, and the alcohol is not present anymore. It's all about the flavors. And you're gonna feel a huge difference between the washing and the next sip. Do you feel right, it? Feel, feel free also. That's lovely. Any, any questions or anything? Like yeah, totally. Oh, no, that's really lovely. Yeah, that's great. And now express what you're feeling in your tongue. I think it's because of my personal experience, the, that chocolate, and it's like nutty and chocolatey. It reminds me of, uh, um, of uh, something from my childhood. So it's, it's very particular, and what's funny is it's always um, cliche. So it's in the same family yes. that I always taste the same chocolatey, this chocolate nuttiness that I can't get away from. Like, nuttiness is very present in mezcal, yeah. also chocolate. Yeah. So I think you have an amazing palate yeah. to taste mezcal. Yeah. That is lovely. It's also very dense, all oily, mm -hmm. no? Very oily, yeah. It's yeah. Great. Good. great body, great texture. Good, so. good, good. Uh, so um, we can pass to the second one and then you can go back and taste the first one and that's good also. The best way to, to, to taste traditional mezcales is definitely by contrasting because a lot of people think that mezcal is always smoky and it always tastes the same but where you're, when you're tasting traditional mezcales you realize that every production is going to be unique and irrepetible in flavors and aromas and that you're gonna realize how different they are. So we're moving into more complexity. The second one, it's a blend of four different agaves. It's a 48.4% of alcohol, and it has Bicuiche, which is agave Karwinski, Coyote, which is agave Lioba, Madrequiche, also a Karwinski, and Tepestate, an agave Marmorata. So blends are the oldest way to produce mezcal, and it's the ecological way to produce mezcal. Oh, thanks. Um, since the maestro mezcalero is only going to use what he has mature in his lands to cook the mezcal. So the blend is going to feel like many layers of flavors. Uh, 
going through the spices, the herbal, the lactic, the nutty. It's also going to be oily and dense. And it's also a copper seal distillation twice. This is a big production. It's only 270 liters. <laughs> and it's also been aging glass because it's a 2021 production. So what do you feel? Okay. Uh, little, even though it's it's uh, less alcohol, it tastes hotter. Um, there's a lot of flavors I can't place, but it's it's very complex. There's a lot going on. Yeah. About what you're saying of being less alcohol and feel it more alcoholic, there's a reason into that. And it's that the more alcohol you have in your mezcal, the better conservation of flavors and aromas. So ironically, the ones that are 50, 51, 52 are gonna feel less alcoholic because you have a better conservation of flavors and aromas. So for example, these uh, blend, it's 48.4% of alcohol. So that means that this liquid has 48 parts of alcohol and the rest of water, basically. Okay. And when you shake the bottle, the liquid, you're gonna see how pearls or bubbles come out, no? And these pearls or bubbles are indicating you that this liquid has enough alcohol density. And actually, this applies to any spirit, not just mezcal. It can be a pisco, a whiskey, a rum. So yes, alcohol is very important, and it gives a lot to mezcal, no? So, you like that one more than the first one? I don't know if I like it more, but... They're different, they're, they're good. Different, yeah. So, yeah, this is, a, this is more familiar, this is more complex to me. Yeah, so, I agree. Yeah. I think the same. Okay. Do you have any questions? Um, not so far. Okay, so these two from Oaxaca, okay? Mm -hmm. And Oaxaca being the emblematic state in Mexico to produce mezcal because it has most of the diversity of agaves. So now we're moving from Oaxaca to Guerrero, which is a neighbor state. And in Guerrero, they don't have that much diversity. They're mostly working with espadines, cupreatas, and tobalas, no? But, um, the Maestro Mezcalero, which is Tomás Gutiérrez, is also distilling in copper steel, two distillations. This is only 100 liters production. The alcohol volume is 46.1, so this is gonna be the less alcohol one, but it's a production of 2019, so it's gonna be very round and balanced. And the terroir of Guerrero is gonna be very different from Oaxaca. You're gonna feel these two very mineral. Okay and this more into the sweet notes, definitely. So for me, for my palate, this one's gonna be very creamy, uh, red fruits, vanilla notes. Let's see what you find. I actually have this one, the papalote with me. I see what you mean. It's, it's definitely on the sweeter, um, like berry fruit. Um, I, right at the very end, I taste strawberries. Yes, it's amazing, yeah. no? Yeah. It's like the dessert mezcal today. Yeah. 
What's the um, elevation difference between Oaxaca and, and where is this from? Most of the agaves uh -huh. tend to grow like uh, 1,500, 1,600. So even if Guerrero has higher lands, the agave tends to grow in lower lands. Okay. No? So they're kind of the same, actually. It's really beautiful. Yes. I, I think this might be my favorite of the, of the bunch. So nice. sweeter notes, um, fruitier notes. Um, yeah, really fun. Yes. And you know, uh, these mezcales are very good like to do in a flight always, no? Because you get to give the experience to the consumer of contrasting different productions and realizing how different they are. And the complexity of a mezcal definitely starts with the terroir of the agave, where it was growing, what kind of vegetation was around, what kind of water was it drinking, what kind of soil was it growing, no? And when you contrast Oaxaca and Guerrero, well, you feel those differences for sure, no? So you can taste, so you can take the same um, agave plant and it'll taste very different across, and the same, different agave plants within the same region will have an overlap in flavor because of the terroir, or? That or is a very good question. So if you take, for example, a papalote and put it in Oaxaca and one in Guerrero, that's going to change the flavors completely. Mm -hmm. But what's also going to change the flavors is the recipe that the Maestro Mezcalero is using. Okay. You can see that our labels are all about promoting the Maestro Mezcalero and the recipe. Uh, so the production definitely adds a lot to, of different flavors. Uh, but uh, what's really interesting about mezcal also is that water is very important. Water gives a lot of flavor to mezcal. So you need to use uh, high quality water to produce them. And high quality water means water from wells, springs, or rivers, or even rain, no? And if you have a short fermentation instead of a long fermentation, that that makes a difference uh, because of the weather, no? If it's very hot, it's going to take less to ferment. If it's cold, it's going to take more to ferment. And that's going to give you different flavors, definitely. So that's why they're always different in flavors and aromas, because there are many things in the process you can't control. And remember that these mezcals are handmade from beginning to end, no chemics in the process. So also a good mezcal would ever, never give you a hangover, no? And that's good. <laughs> I have a question on the year. So you said if it's a, it's, a, it's a warmer time of year, the fermentation will be quicker. And if it's a colder time of year, the fermentation will take a little bit longer. Um, are, you, are you able to notice between different vintages, per se, different years, where maybe this was a hotter year uh, versus a colder year? And it's a two-part question. <laughs> what is the characteristics that you would get from a warmer quicker fermentation versus a longer, colder fermentation? That's a very good question. When you have a lot of heat, the mezcales are going to be brighter, uh, herbal, floral, uh, sweet. And when you have longer fermentations, because it's cold, the mezcales are going to move into the lactic and sweet artificial flavors. Mm -hmm. So that's how you know how to differ differentiate a hot season from a cold season. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And wow. how do you
do you choose which maestros, mezcaleros to work with? Well, uh, you have to go to their palenques. Palenques are the places, that's how we call the places that where mezcal is made. And these palenques, remember that maestros mezcaleros are farmers of rural Mexico, basically. So they have their palenques or fabricas de mezcal uh, on their farm. So you have to go visit them. The most important thing is uh, knowing the history of mezcal making in the family because it's a generational thing. So most of the maestros that we have have two, three to four generations been producing mezcal. No, so you have to see the process, of course, taste the mezcal. And if they have many generations working with mezcales and the mezcal is white, the alcohol is high, you see that they're using mature agave cooked in an earth oven. Uh, that's what determines that it's a traditional mezcal. But it's all about visiting them, getting to know the process of production, and trying their mezcales. How different will their um, production techniques be? Very different. Like, it's common to go to a state and to a region, a lot of the maestros mezcaleros in that region are going to have more or less the same recipe. Uh, but if you move to a different region, for example, there's one concept in the label that it's called how they adjust the alcohol volume. So after you distill, you're going to separate the mezcal by the heads that have a lot of alcohol going from 55 to 80%. Then you're going to separa separate the hearts. The hearts go from 45 to 54% of alcohol. And then you're going to separate the tails. The tails have very low alcohol. So depending on the recipe of the maestro mezcalero, is that he's going to mix the heart, the heads and the hearts, or the, heart, the heads and the tails. Some maestros mezcaleros give you only the hearts, and also some recipes are heads with spring water, for example. So it depends a lot on who taught the maestro mezcalero to make mezcal. He's probably going to adopt the, the recipe from the father or the grandfather, but sometimes they decide to change to change something because we were talking about these maestros mezcaleros drinking the mezcal they make. So the first one that is going to try and drink these mezcales are they. And they are going to like it or decide, oh, I don't like it this way. I prefer to put more alcohol or bring them the alcohol or do the alcohol adjustment in different ways. But Mexico is a big country. And mezcal is not just from Oaxaca, it's from Mexico. So there are many recipes, many ways to distill mezcal. These are the most common one. No, the most common one being a copper steel, two distillations. Uh, but the oldest way to distill mezcal is definitely the clay pots, no? which is an extension. And the flavors of a mezcal distilling clay are going to be completely different from the ones that steel in copper. So everything everything is going to change and be different, no? You were mentioning um, aging in glass. I've, I've never really thought about having a distilled spirit sit in like a neutral vessel mm -hmm. and how it ages or how it changes. Um, I, didn't, I didn't realize it would, it would uh, change so drastically yeah. like over the course of years. So, um, that's just from the oxidation or, 
or what, what, what causes that? Just, just it's settling? Well, the tradition of mezcal, it's all about saving it in glass because what you said, it's a neutral material that it's not going to add any flavor or take one away. Uh, what happened, a mezcal is a mix of many things. The flavors of the agave, the flavors of the wood in the process, the fermentation, and the technique of distillation. So when it's young, when it's just distilled, mostly you'll have the flavors of the water and the agave. When you leave it to rest in glass, all the rest of the, of the processes and things you put in in the process are going to come to a balance. So it's going to become rounded. So you're going to feel the agave, the process, the wood, the fermentation. Um, it matters a lot how you save your mezcales. Always serve the mezcal and put the cork back on because if you leave it open, you're losing alcohol. It matters a lot the amount of oxygen you have in the bottle, definitely. That changes a lot uh, the mezcal. What I recommend to consumers is whenever they like a, a bottle of certain type of agave a lot, is try a little bit and then save it. Don't finish the bottle. Try it a month later and see how it's evolving because it's always changing. Mm -hmm. And it, what's more impressive is that this mezcal is gonna taste different when you are at the palenque, at the fabrica, than when you take it to a cold weather, for example. So whenever you're tasting mezcales, everything's gonna affect the experience, and yes, mezcal change, changes a lot in the bottle. In the market, we, we're only having um, young mezcales, that means that they've just been distilled. So what is happening a lot is that they're producing they're bottling and they're selling it. And we are not tasting mezcal at its best. So H mezcal definitely it's gonna give you a wholer experience about all the flavors and aromas you can have in a production and it's the best way to drink mezcal, you know? Awesome. So yeah, revisiting this there's a lot Almost like, almost like chilies, like roasted chilies in there. It's it's really like on top of the strawberry or, or behind the strawberry. There's there's a lot of really cool stuff going in there. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I recommend. You know, you try each one and then you go back yeah. and you start to feel different things. You know, same. So favorites of the day, the papalote. Oh. Yeah, probably the papalote. Um, and what was the first one? Tobasiche. Tobasiche. I think that just that familiarity and that like uh, the chocolate notes. Yeah, I, I could drink that all day. So yeah. Nice. And that at that fifty-seven percent, I can barely taste the alcohol here. Yeah. You're right. Yeah. I know it it's goes down so easy. No. Yeah. Also, the, these mezcales are very oily mm -hmm. because in the distillation, I mean. Oil, natural oils pass through the distillation and those help to swallow the mezcal easily. When you have an industrial product, they kind of take those oils, they refine a lot and take those oils out. So that's when it comes hard to swallow, no? Is it, is it like actual oil or does it? Yeah, natural oil pass through distillation. So how does it not um, separate? Or is it because it's like, 
homogenous with the, I'm trying to figure out the, the science behind it. Yes, yeah. it's definitely science yeah. and chemistry mostly. But what happens when you're distilling is that you put all the fermented mosto mm -hmm. inside of the copper steel, and then you put this part on. So you start cooking with fire all the fermented mosto. Mm -hmm. Everything goes to vapor, and then it goes through the tube going down to the serpentine. We call this the serpentine, which is immersed in cold water. And in contact with the water, it condenses, becomes liquid. So what's passing through is alcohol, water, and oil. Okay. And it's not separated, no? Mm -hmm. You're welcome. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you so much for tasting two of them. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I was happy to do so.